When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi, friends. We have got a great show for you today. It's going to get witchy. Yes. If you didn't know, the spring equinox is coming up. So here to give us some rituals to prepare and tell us how to make the most of it based off of our birth charts is Amanda Mayer. Let me just tell you, I love a birth chart reading. I know. I'm so excited for this. I've never actually had one. My friend randomly texted me. She was like, oh my gosh, I just checked out your co-star. Totally makes sense that you've got that Virgo and that Libra in there. I knew it. It's why you're such an insightful teacher. I told you I have a stellium in the 12th house. Hopefully we'll find out what that means. Stellium sounds like a new piercing. It does. And then the Oscars were this weekend, but we don't care anymore. We just don't care. You've seen one, you've seen them all, and I haven't seen any this season. It's played out. We don't care anymore. So this year we're going to give you the Mob Trash Oscars that have very little to do with the actual Oscars. Just fun and shits and giggles. That's right. But speaking of shits and giggles, we have our hashtag swag bag and up next the shits and the giggles with our kids. Take it away. Kicking shits. All right, friends. Are you ready? You ready for this? I'm going to go with the shits first, but my shits is also turned into my tits, which is I'm at that stage of life where I have purchased vagina deodorant. This was even before menopause. For years, I've been a V of your leg crease ass crack sweater. If I don't wear the right color at the gym, if I wear a light color, it looks like there's just a V of sweat there and a little well in the back. You're talking about wetness as opposed to stench. It's both. It's not about inside. It's your hip crease and your ass crack. And then the under the titty. Oh, I've always been an under the titty sweater. I am like an under the titty butt crack and then the V of the edge of your underwear. There's no sweatier under titty time than when I'm in a robe getting ready. Yeah. The tit sweat is just dripping down. And I realize the only reason I feel it then is because I don't have a bra catching it. And I should probably wash my bras more often now that I've come to this conclusion. Everybody should probably. So it's been getting real, especially since menopause. It's not only when I'm working out or the summer. It's just any time a flop sweat occurs and I'm wearing pants. You could see it in my jeans through denim. I've never seen that on you. Light denim last week. Woo! So what's the brand you're using? Lumi. And you can use that on your armpits too, Lumi, right? Yeah. So I got it and it works. That should be your hashtag swag bag. It will be. But I just want to say the shits are that I've at the stage of my life where I got a specific butt crack deal. <laughs> <laughs> like two weeks ago, my swag was preparation age suppositories. And now mine is ass crack deodorant. <laughs> we 
remember how often you used to talk about your vagina smell that someone randomly sent you vagina smelly shit? I still don't know who they are. I'm using it though. I mean, God bless. Who cares? They're just like, hey, you talk about how your vagina smells so often. It's a problem. Here's some anonymous products sent to you all the way from Australia. I was like, one, I'm glad we have an Australian listener. Two, I'm glad I'm once again a sweaty vagina influencer. <laughs> I want to be known when I die for my sweaty vagina and my rhinoplasty. <laughs> and another week where we have to ask, is this your tits or your shits? Both. It's for both where I tit and I shit. Lumi, get yours today. And the strangest thing is I brought it up to Fran in a session. I was like, Fran, I'm having mixed feelings about needing vagina deodorant. She goes, is it Lumi? me. And I was like, Fran, are you getting influenced too? My tits will be that my therapist friend, who I talk about so much, is in love with Harry Styles. I love that for us. She posts Harry Styles content constantly. How old is Fran? Fran's like a sassy 58. Nice. Okay. And I posted a picture of Harry Styles and Paul Rudd. And I was like, has there been a better combination? She's like, you take Rudd, I'll take Styles. <laughs> and I'm thinking of sending her merch from Harry's house because it's pretty good. Yeah, it is good merch. Whoever designed that merch. Also, his pleasing line. Yes. It's so good. The nail polish looks pretty. All of it. Yes. You don't even have to like Harry Styles. Speaking of Harry Styles, I heard a blind about Olivia Wilde, not Harry Styles, that says that she dated Harvey Weinstein. She was one of his girlfriends and would get girls for him. You know, that's not surprising. No. Tom Hiddleston. I don't like Tom Hiddleston either. I fucking hate Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) Tom Hiddleston is one of my mortal enemies. I hate him. Jonah Hill. That's another one I fucking hate. Oh, I like Jonah Hill. You know what I like about Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill reminds me of the kid in my mostly Jewish grade school who did the least amount of work for his bar mitzvah, but it ended up being the best bar mitzvah of the year. He's like, I didn't really study my Haftorah that well. That was me. I made a mockery in the synagogue, but that party was lit and you still have the socks to this day that says you dance your socks off at this bar mitzvah. Eve, our editor, basically wants to edit out every time we mention Ben Affleck. I know, but we do like Ben Affleck on this show. We kind of do. We kind of do. Look, I know he is problematic. Yeah. And I still like him. I think he knows he's problematic and he also doesn't care. Everybody under the sun knows Ben Affleck is problematic and not one person gives a shit. Matt Damon and him are the only two people that can work together. They're in that Nike movie together. They can only make movies together. Matt Damon's problematic himself. Oh, he's even maybe even more problematic. Um, is he? I don't know. Oh, I don't like Mark Wahlberg either. Oh, me neither. Who the fuck likes anyone who works out three times a day? Who likes a man who wakes up at 3 a.m., works out, please go every day. Oh God, that's problematic all on its own. I don't have tits or shits. These are my tits and shits. It's just talking shit about celebrities. A mini hot goss. The Oscars this year are having a PR crisis center backstage or they had a PR crisis center backstage in case anyone smacks anyone again. But nobody's going to do that. It's okay, guys. Last year was the year to have this. You don't need a PR crisis manager until you have a PR crisis. I was listening to Behind the Blinds. Hashtag we love you behind the blinds. I know I was listening today. Did you listen to the Adele one? No. Her and Harry have had a long torrid affair. I don't know if I believe that. I totally believe it. You got to listen to the episode. Okay. It's backed up. I think my favorite Adele blind is that she had a threesome with James Corden and (laughs) Harry Styles on a boat. No one should have a threesome with James Corden ever. No one should ever see James Corden's penis. He was in Cats, right? Yes. (laughs) That's 
all I can imagine. Oh, my other hot goss-ish, the SAG Awards were the day before we recorded this. Jennifer Coolidge got a new face. I know, I said she looks really good. Whoever did her work, reach out to us. I think people should do whatever they need to do, and I think she was beautiful and could have continued to have a career, but I don't think it was a bad move for her. She looked tired after years of trying to get that SAG Award. <laughs> she looks like all of us, tired of trying to claw our way to the top as a female actor. And now she's back to Stifler's mom. Yes. You know how much I love D- Bethany Frankel. <gasps> she's got that disease. What disease? She's got this blood disorder. Don't you see? She's been struggling. Oh, is it what makes her live in the past constantly? Is that what that does? Because I am so fucking sick of her. It's something that looks very much like PCOS, but it's not PCOS. I don't care. I don't believe it. She did this thing on TikTok this past weekend. So I guess she went to Aspen. She ran into Kyle Richards. She ran into Lisa Hochstein from Miami. She ran into Heather Dubrow from Orange County. And she talked talked about it. Then she did a little video where she narrated it like it was Housewives and put a Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip on top. If you hate Housewives, stop referencing it. Just stop it. You are killing the fun for people who love a franchise. She is so bitter and so resentful and so hypocritical. I can't with her anymore. And I hate that because I really love Bethany for a really long time. That was one of your top people for a while. One of my queens. I think TikTok ruined her and that should be a cautionary tale to all celebrities. And there you have it. That's my shits. Bethany Frankel is ruined for me. Career advice with Ashley. Career (laughs) corner with Ashley. Up next, Amanda Mayer. The spring equinox is coming up this Monday, the 20th, and we have a fun guest today who is a mom, a birth chart reader, and just a little witchy to chat with us about what that means exactly, the rituals, and how to make the most of it based on our astrological birth charts. Welcome, Amanda Mayer. Hi, Amanda. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thank you so much. I am so excited for this. We need to get into basics. I want to make sure that everyone who's listening understands those astro virgins. So what What's the significance of the spring equinox? The spring equinox happens in the spring, and that's when we start to have equal day and equal night. We are coming from Pisces, which is the last sign of the zodiac. It is this inward energy. It's winter. So if you think about winter, the trees aren't blooming yet. And then you come into the spring equinox with Aries. Aries is the start of the zodiac. That's me, boo. That's me. That is you. I love Aries energy because it's this invigorating energy. So if you think about that, just the earth in general, we're going from this dead of winter into this rebirth into spring. And we're all coming out. The flowers are blooming. The colors are vibrant. And that's the Aries energies. Aries energy is also about the self. Talking about yourself. Loving yourself. Self-development. It's about the physical body as well, too. And it's about taking that action, new experiences, new adventures, all that stuff. So when you take that into the spring equinox, taking that energy and rolling with that, also doing something for yourself, being a little selfish right now. I think last year I was like, my rebirth is getting my hair done, doing something for your physical body, whatever lights you up, do you on this spring equinox. So before we get into our specific charts, can you give us a basic explanation of what a birth chart is and why it's so important? My approach to astrology is as above, so below. What's happening in the cosmos is reflected here on the planet. I do feel 
like you've come into this world. You chose this lifetime. You chose your lessons, all for your soul's evolution and growth. So that's my approach to astrology. If you look at a child's birth chart, what they need emotionally through their moon and seeing their rising and their approach to the world. I'm hiring you to do Luna. I think it would be great for both of us to go to you outside of the show and be like, please do our children so we know how to raise them a little bit better. Also, what an amazing gift to get somebody when they have a baby. Let's dive into our charts. What are some untapped things we may not know based off of our charts? Let's get into it. So the big three, this is the core of your birth chart, your sun, your moon, and your rising. So your sun sign is a sign that you were born under. It's the sign that you have all of those traits within you, but you're also meant to grow and develop in this lifetime. It's like your soul's purpose. So a lot of the times people don't identify with their sun sign. You're meant to grow into that. And then your moon sign is your inner world. What makes you feel safe? What makes you feel secure? What your soul needs to feel connected to other people, to feel connected to yourself at home within yourself. And then you have your rising sign, which is your energy. When you first meet somebody, you're meeting their rising sign. It's your approach to the world. You, Ashley, have Virgo sun, Virgo rising, and then Carrie has the Virgo moon. There's so much Virgo energy there. So it makes sense that you guys jive together. I recently learned about stellium. I have a stellium, which is when you have three or more signs in the same house. What I got wrong is somehow I thought my Virgo was in the 12th house. Your chart says that it's in the first house. And the stellium is what you're supposed to work through in this. When you have a stellium, that just means that there's so much energy focused in that particular sign and in that house. So mine's Virgo in the first house, correct? Yes. It's such independent energy. That's where a lot of your energy is focused in this lifetime. Besides your big three, you have your sun, moon, and rising. Another layer to that is there's four angles in your chart that are super sensitive. It's your first house, your fourth house, your seventh house, and your 10th house. The fourth and 10th can move a little bit. Your nadir is a sensitive angle in your chart and it gets activated when there's transits there. That's like your inner world. It's like your moon. It's like your past. What's interesting to me too is that having a Sagittarius energy, which is super fiery and it's all about learning and writing and publishing and connecting to spirit and connecting to something bigger, but it's very free spirited energy where you don't want to feel constricted in any way. But then also with it being in your fourth moon, with your moon, in your fourth house and your nadir in your fourth house, it is very much homebody vibe. So it seems like very conflicting energy in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think that's part of what I didn't identify with, with the Sagittarius aspect is the term free spirited, because I don't generally think of myself as a free spirited individual. But when I hear the explanation, the way you said it, then I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that is it. Being free to roam, but as they say, always finding your way home. You need to feel rooted and a sense of belonging and that familiarity, but then also physically being around your family too. Tell us more about things you found in Ashley's chart. I'm curious. So Ashley's big three are you have a Virgo sun, your moon is in Sagittarius, and then you have a Virgo rising as well. So, so much Virgo energy. You have your Mercury in Virgo too. You have your Mars in Virgo too, embodying that Virgo energy for real. That feels very accurate. So when those three are in sync, that's when you'll feel really good. Before we move on to Carrie's chart, 
chart. Is there anything in my birth chart that I can use to make the most of the spring equinox? You have Aries in your eighth house. Eighth house is a more hidden house, maybe connecting with others more intimately too, maybe your partner and connecting to yourself more intimately. Right before the spring equinox, we're going on a trip, just the two of us. So that'll be really nice. And that's Aries energy too. New adventures, spontaneity. All right, cool. Thank you. So Carrie's big three are, you have an Aries sun, you have a Virgo moon, very grounded, earthy energy, and then also Taurus rising. I'm very stubborn. That's what they say, the shadow part of a Taurus. With that being more resistant to change and knowing that you have a rhythm that kind of works, like this is the way that it works and why should we change it? So we're coming into your Aries season. So feeling all rebirth and new energy. I've always presented one way and then felt another way. I'm extremely introverted, but I've always presented extremely extroverted. You have your son in your 12th house and that's an inward house. Your Aries son is forward facing this fire type of energy, but being in a water house and with your son in that 12th house, feeling two different ways, the way you present yourself to the world, like you said, how you feel inside is completely different because that son in that 12th house is so inward. It's about connecting to yourself, connecting to spirit with your kundalini practices as part of your identity. Carrie has a stellium in her 12th house. I do! You sure do. It feels like very much conflicting energy because you have that outward facing, but it's also super inward. Part of your identity is connecting to that spirituality and needing that alone time so bad. I think for one month, I want to try to only think about myself. I tend to enjoy and go out of my way to help others in really big ways. In my chart, it said that. It said that I have that mama bear energy and that's part of my spiritual stuff. So what if I tried for one month to not give my energy in helping others. Would that raise my vibration or lower it? Well, I think that's interesting too, because with Aries season coming up and it being in your 12th house, 12th house is Pisces and it's all about giving yourself to others in so many ways, like helping others. That energy is also about creating boundaries and not giving away too much of your energy and taking some of that energy back. So I feel like if there's any time to experiment with that, it would definitely be during your birthday season for sure. When you meet someone, do you, in your head, you're like, what are you to figure out if you're ever going to talk to them or not? How would that be? to be in the world with all this knowledge. I get curious about people. When I first started, I was trying to figure out everybody and I feel like that's my Scorpio moon. But what I do is when I read books, I astrologically profile the characters. I'm like, oh, this person's definitely an Aries. You should start that podcast. That is a podcast. Totally. We'll produce it for you. So please plug yourself, plug all the things. My name's Amanda Mayer. That's M as in Mary, A-Y-R. And you can find me on Instagram at amanda.net. Mayer, M-A-Y-R. I talk about some astrology stuff. You could book your astrology readings there too. Right now I'm doing birth chart readings, a digital version, but also I just came out with a new little book. It's a little keepsake book. So there's that on there too. There's a link in my bio. If you're interested in a birth chart reading, you can just follow that link and book it there. Amanda, you are the best. Everyone go check it out. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. Welcome to the 2023 Montage Oscars. Today's host is nobody you've ever heard of, Ashley Hicks. <laughs> 
Mary. Boo, 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 boo. We're from the Montclair Staples Center. And by staples, I mean I got a drawer full of them. Boo, 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 boo. And now, the Mom Trash Oscars. (sighs) The production value on this show, let me tell you. Absolutely horrible. Our first category, Ashley, go ahead. Best asshole kid in a film or TV show. Carrie, who's your choice? I'm going to go with my favorite asshole kid, which is Gertie from E.T. She's not so much as an asshole as she is a precocious child played by the effervescent Blueberry Moore. She's not an asshole kid in that movie. Alligators in the sewers. She's sassy. How about you? I'm gonna go with Jonathan Lipnicki and Jerry Maguire. Did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? You know dogs and bees can smell fear. I fucking hated him in that movie so much. Those are the only two nominees. And the winner goes to Jonathan Lipnicki! He's not here to accept this award right now. Who knows where he is, frankly. (laughs) And our next category, Best Bad Mom in a Film or TV Show. Best Bad Mom. I mean, do we just go Mommy Dearest? Oh, yes, yes. And the winner unanimously is Joan Crawford. In Mommy Dearest. No, wire hangers. Joan Crawford can't accept her award because she's six feet underground. (laughs) Best Deadbeat Dad in a Film or TV Show. I know who I'm nominating for this one. Let me just say, all of them. I'm nominating Ross Geller from Friends. I hate him. Because honestly, how could that child is so rarely in his life? My nomination will be my own father. Not in a film or TV show, Carrie. He's on hard copy. Oh, true. Okay. Oh my God. People are going to Google that now. Great. And the winner is my dad. Guys, we'll unpack that one later. But if you want to know why I am, why I am, it's Googleable. Best scene that a tired mom can fantasize about when she wants to leave her own body. For me, it's any sex scene in you. See, he's too skinny for me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. He's just got that little tuft of hair right at the top. I tried to explain to Matt this weekend because he says it's unfair that I get to talk about the men that I find attractive and that he doesn't really do that. And I said, every man I find attractive reminds me of you. Your people are fucking Olivia Munn and Scarlett Johansson. There is no resemblance. And that chick from Love Island with the underboob. Lest we forget Francesca. That almost caused you guys a divorce. Because she's a sex robot. She's back on TV and the bottom of her tits are still out all the time. Anyway, what's your scene a tired mom can fantasize about? The weird poisoning sex scene from Phantom Thread. I've never seen it. You have a thing for Daniel Day-Lewis, right? I want him to make me some shoes. And the winner is I think the winner's Penn Badgley and you. Penn Badgley, that's fine. It's timely. Best revenge bod in a film or television show. When I think of best revenge bod, I think of the ultimate revenge bod, so much so there was a show called it, and that's Khloe Kardashian. I don't want to nominate her for anything. No. But her revenge body was brought to you by Ozempic and great. I'm going to go with Jane Fonda for the win. Jane Fonda's good. I don't know who she was revenging, but I'm into it. I'm going to nominate two others. One is Blake Lively and fucking anything. Anything. Maybe also brought to you by Ozempic. Who knows? No. Oh, she's always had that body. And also, the other great one, Jamie Lee Curtis in True Lies. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis in anything. Her body be banging. Even now, her body's really good. I guess we should start eating that yogurt. It's like all titties and hips. I think Jane Fonda could have won too. Jane Fonda, she's still winning. And she beat cancer. Good for you, Jane. Okay, best hot dad. Oof, Paul Rudd in anything. He's starting to look old now, and I'm okay with that. He's getting a little too skinny playing Ant-Man. He's a little too buffed. He's losing some of that fullness 
dumbness in the face that's keeping him young, but still like a zaddy. Every review I hear of this new Ant-Man is how bad it is and that everyone in the movie seems like they don't want to be there. Probably Paul Rudd included. Yes, he is included. <laughs> the paycheck, I'm sure, helps. Yeah. That's hot dad. Who is a hot... Penn Badgley? Yeah, but he isn't like... Oh, I guess he's a dad in you. Yeah. yeah. All right, sure. Penn Badgley again, because I can't think of anybody else. All right. And the winner is Paul Rudd. Yeah, I agree on that. Sexiest man alive. Character that you most want to be this year. Tar. No, I love Kate Blanchett. I know, I love her too. And that movie, it just felt like they were trying to be like, let's show you how good Kate Blanchett is with close to no storyline. I think so too. She's so good. We don't even need a story for this movie. You're just gonna want to watch her face. Oh, I know who it is. Okay, go. The character I most want to be this year is Ariana DeBose at the BAFTA Awards. Angela Bassett did the thing. Okay, the character I most want to be is the Italian hooker. Oh, in... In White Lotus. Yeah, I would take that. Either one, really, because their clothes were awesome. I love a little Italian bob. I didn't really like their clothes. They look so cheap in Euro League. I loved it. I loved it. It is your style a little bit. I was like, give me a fringe Alaskan boot for the winter, and then let's put a mini skirt with it. Let's do it. And like a rhinestone Chanel t-shirt that actually says channel. I loved every part of it, so I want to be them. Okay, that's good. Best movie title name from a nominee film that you would like to use as your porn slash drag name. Triangle of Sadness. It should just be Tar. <laughs> the Banshee of Inishmen. No, but that's not the one I was thinking of. Hold on, here it is. The Whale. <laughs> <laughs> that is really good as a drag porn name. I like that. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, Turning Red. <laughs> just Megan. Best animated short film, My Year of Dicks. They had to read that out loud at the nominations. Is it a kid's movie or just an animated film? It's just an animated film. I hope it's not a kid's movie. Oh my God. All right. And the winner is... My Year of Dicks. Best slash worst movie that made your life seem actually okay. Tar. Tar. (laughs) (laughs) The Banshee of Inishman. And the winner is Tar because it's probably not going to win anything. Best movie to completely fall asleep at because, you know, you're exhausted. Tar. And the winner is Tar. Yeah. Congratulations to the entire team at Tar for taking home the most trophies this year. You have a Lifetime Achievement Award and you've only been around for a year. Hashtag swag bag. Well, my swag bag is loomy, vagina, asshole, <laughs> and underpit and underboob deodorant. Get yours at loomy.com. Mine is the show that Francesca is currently on, on Netflix. So Friday, when we were upstate at my parents' house, I said to my mom, remember back in the day before there was on-demand and streaming channels where we would just rest at home and get caught up in some marathon of a reality show we'd never watched and just be absolutely hooked? I want that feeling. And she was like, yeah, me too. So we found perfect match on Netflix. You know how every reality universe has a show that brings all the reality stars together now? Yes. This is the Netflix one. It has Francesca. It has Damien, who you and I can't fucking stand. It has all these people from all these Netflix shows I don't watch. Is there anybody from The Circle? Lots of people from The Circle. In fact, my newest girl crush, Inez, comes from The Circle, France. I just think she's the most beautiful girl. So elegant. She's got a certain je ne sais quoi. Is she giving you trying 
Christina snap Jerry Seinfeld when she's underage vibe? No. She reminds me of a girl I worked with in LA who was French, who was the kind of girl who dated Vincent Cassell and knew Jack White when he came in. We all know a girl like that. You can't hate them because their charm and their beauty is so infectious. I remember this girl put on a different playlist in the restaurant. And the owner, who was notoriously a dick to most people, I was not one of them. But he came over to her and he goes, did you change the music after I put it on? She goes, yes. And he goes, why'd you do that? And she goes, because I wanted to defy you. And I was like, you fucking cunt. How did you come up with that? How did you come up with that? I want to use that because I wanted to defy you. Because I wanted to defy you. Anyway, Inez is that kind of bitch where you're just like, you can take a dump on my face. And I'd be like, okay, great. Uh Uh-huh. Sure, whatever you want. And to clarify, I'm not into that. Maybe it's the right person. Anyway, great show, everybody. Wishing you all a wonderful week. I hope no one shits on your face. And if they do say, I did it to defy you. I did it to defy you. Friends, have a great week. Go defy someone. Use a French accent. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.